Good morning and welcome. Patriot Radio News Hour on this Thursday. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. Our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. The website at allamericangold.com. Some shipping updates. uh, All the AU Gold uh, 25s all will be going out tomorrow. The kangaroos are on their way. So kangaroos will be here. Uh, They'll probably be in Phoenix on Monday, Colorado on Tuesday, or maybe Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, And then all of those will be out as well. Uh, 800-951-0592. That is the toll-free number. Uh, The gold rally, it's just not going to let you in. Uh, Gold continues uh, to rally. Up nine more this morning. 1337, 1338, uh, silver rallying right behind it. Silver now uh, just below $15 to the ounce. Uh, The Dow's up 50, the S&P's up three, the Nasdaq's going the other way. Uh, We had jobless claims data out. It was unchanged, 215,000. The continuing claims, in other words, those, hey, I'm still filing for unemployment. I filed last week, got to file this week, got to file the following week. That did rise again. We're seeing it's not, not, it's not critical, but it's worth noting. Uh, we're now seeing continuing claims rise. In other words, people that are losing their job, it's taking them a little longer, at least, to find another one. Uh, we'll have to watch it. Obviously, yesterday jobs, yesterday's ADP jobs number was not good. Tomorrow we'll get the government number. Uh, we'll see where, where that lands. Uh, I think Wall Street is ro- hoping for a bad number. right? Wall Street just wants rate cuts. That's all they care about. Uh, they don't care about the economy or anything else. They just want uh, the Fed to lower interest rates because, let's face it, they all need to borrow money. Right? Just makes sense. Hey, we got to borrow money, and, and, and they got to borrow a lot of money. So they, they want to borrow it at the least amount possible. So, yeah, why not? Yeah, lo- just lower the rates. And it's so, you know, so interesting that if you were, you know, doing a Rip Van Winkle, you know, he was the, I think that's the right guy, <laughs> the guy that fell asleep, right, and didn't wake up for like 40 years, right, Rip Van Winkle, if you woke up today, and you just looked at the Fed's funds rate. You looked at the national debt and the size of the Federal Reserve's balance sheet. You would probably surmise that we were in the throes of another Great Depression. Right? Food lines, you know, uh, homelessness. Well, we got that, right? But, I mean, you know, at a mass scale. That's what you would think. And, and then especially you'd hear that, hey, and by the way, uh, everybody wants the Fed to keep cutting rates. And today, they, if you turn on the TV, though, they're acting like everything's great, right? It, it, and the, it's that huge disconnect. And I think this is why all of a sudden you're seeing the gold market come back to life. Because we've been living 
in in this fantasy land of of debt, and and I mean uh, debt that went from you know think about it we're almost to twenty three trillion now, and when I started at Patriot, it's what oh three, the debt was like six trillion dollars. You know, and you fast forward and, and you're thinking, that's $17 trillion of debt added in 16 years. And, and of course, you're like, but wait a minute, you know, we, we just got to a trillion dollars of debt this year, right? That's the first time they said it, this is how big the problem is. Uh, I'm going to do uh, something that I wasn't planning on doing. Uh, but it just kind of happened. It just kind of fell together. I'm going to go back to 1971. I'm going to take the Dow Jones, and I'm going to take gold, and we're going to compare the two. Which one's done better, and uh, where we're going to be headed. So I'm going to compare the Dow to gold. And one of the things you'll hear all the paper guys, every one of them, nobody will do that. Not one of them. Warren Buffett certainly won't do it. right? Any of these idiots they put out on the TV won't do it. right? They say, well, let's go back 100 years. Let's go back 200 years. Got to remember, gold was the money. So if you made money on Wall Street, right, you made money in gold. From the time the central bank all the power, what's done better? That's the question. Everybody, if you would pull them on the street, oh, yeah, well, obviously the stock market has. Now, I'm going to do it. Where the stock stocks are, you know, they're not at, a, at an all-time high, but it's, it's close, right? Stocks are close to an all-time high. Gold isn't, right? So this should heavily lean to stocks. We'll see how it really worked out when we return. 800-951-0592, Patriot Radio News Hour. Uh, so... We're talking the Dow and gold. And this is the part that I get upset about. Because when you talk to financial planners, the annuity guys, the IRA guys, the stock guys, the bond guys, you talk to them for more than two minutes, and they will tell, oh, gold is horrible. Right? They do. It's terrible. You know, right now, what they'd like to do, well, look, gold was 1900 That's only 13-something, and the Dow's 25000 See? Right, of course, now, if you went back to, hey, gold was two fifty, right, it doesn't work very well for them, right? You, you, and, and I always say there's only one way to measure a lot of guys, they want to go back if they, you know, because they know where the arguments are. So they, let's go back 100 years or 200 years. Right? You hear that all the time. 
and they show these charts. Look how much better the Dow has done. Gold was the money then. Right? So if if you made $10,000 in the stock market, you made $10,000 worth of gold because gold was the money. You can't compare that. Right? The, uh, a, the money was counted in gold. Right? Every $20 you made was worth a $20 gold piece. So those arguments aren't even valid. Right? You can't go back 100 years. You can't. That was the money. Every dollar you made was backed by gold. So the only thing you can do is say, okay, let's compare. Since we went off the gold standard, which has done better? That's the only way you can compare. Right? Because then it was, okay, now the money you make is not gold. It's Federal Reserve notes. Right? It's it's Federal Reserve notes. Go back to nineteen seventy one. And and I'm gonna give you all the numbers. Okay. The high number for the Dow in nineteen seventy one was nine hundred and fifty and eighty two cents. I didn't use that number. The low number was $797.97. I didn't use that number either. So, uh, and again, the range was pretty tight, right? Give or take uh, 150 bucks. The the uh, average number, the average number was 884.87. So I used 884. That's where the Dow Jones was. Today, it's at 25,600. At 884, the Dow is up 28.95 times. 28.95 times. Now, everybody knows that an ounce of gold was valued at $35, right? When the government confiscated gold from the citizenry in 1933, it was at $20, right? Remember? And they paid just 67 extra cents to turn it in. After they took it all, they revalued gold to $35. Right? And what they had wanted was they wanted the rest of the world to send the gold to the United States for $35 worth of stuff. Right? Because think about this. So 1933, they confiscated gold that was 20 bucks. Now, all these foreign governments, they had a lot of $20 gold pieces, right? Because America ran, I mean, we, we supplied the world with everything, right? And they looked at it and said, 
all of a sudden one day they woke up. Hey, you know that gold piece you got? That $20 gold piece? We'll let you buy $35 worth of stuff with it today. They loved it. Right? They loved it. They started sending all that gold back. They sent it all back. And then something weird happened after World War II. Right? All of these governments wanted the gold back. In other words, they're like, hey, you know what? I got a bunch of these dollars. <laughs> Here, take it. Give me my gold back. And we were, you know, you don't have to go to the store. We were running out of gold, so we closed that window of $71.35. Gold's 1338 bucks right now. Divided by 35, gold's up 38.22 times. Now, I know I only went to public school, right? But 38 is bigger than 28. Now, I know, I know. But you're not counting all the dividends and stuff. You're right, I'm not. Right? I'm not counting the dividends you may or may not have earned. But I'm also not whacking you for all the fees they charged either. So let's just call it even. Now in fairness, in fairness, our central bank said that they valued gold at $42. Right? So they went from 20 to 35 and when we went off the gold standard, they threw another seven bucks onto it. Even then, gold's up 31.8 times. I mean, I can't find a way. Let, let's use uh, the low number for the, the, the Dow that year, which was 797. Right? That's, the, that, that's only 32 times. Gold has performed better than the Dow since this little contest started. But you don't hear it from any financial planner ever. You don't hear it from the guys on the stock market. They want to take all kinds of dates that don't apply. Well, let me take a date since, uh, let me go, you know, since uh, 2011. Right? Because that number works for them. Right? They won't take 2,000. That number doesn't work for them. Right? They want to find numbers that will only work for them. They'll take 1980. The number worked for them. Right? 1980, right? Gold was 800 bucks. The, the math worked for them. They love to go back. Well, let's go back 100 years. Of course, that works real well because the money was gold. Right? So they all oh, see gold was twenty dollars for hundreds of years. And look at what the Dow did. Just nonsense. Go back to the day we started with fiat money. Over the long term, gold is going to protect your butt. Period. It's outperformed the Dow since the day they took us free 
uh, full fiat. And that's a fact. You can't argue it. Right? And, and, and I know that they like to try to say, well, this and that and the other. No. The Dow was this. Now it's that. Gold was this. Now it's that. What's done better? It's simple math. And you think about how hard they try to convince you not to own it. Right? And, and, and I, of course, you know, and I'm out there and I tell everybody all the time, hey, don't put it all into gold. Because they're right. Here's the one thing they're right about. There are certain times where the debt markets do better. Right? We just finished one of them. Notice I said finished. Just finished one. Right? The, the last three years of Trump, they've been good. Right? The last couple of years of Obama, that were good for the debt markets. Now all of a sudden... Gold's waking up. Why? What changed? What happened? What's got everybody worried? Right? Is it the trade thing with China? Is it the trade thing with Mexico? Right? Is it the slowing of GDP? Right? What is it? And what I'm going to tell you is... It's really a combination of all of those things. But but mostly, mostly when you look at what it really is, it really has to do with an end of a cycle. And what I mean by that, in 1971, the debt was $400 billion. You know this. In 81, it was a trillion, right? In 01, it was 5 trillion. By 2021, I don't know what it's going to be, 25, 26, 27 trillion? I mean, by the end of this year, right, we're going to break 23 trillion. But we're, we're at the end of the cycle of where debt helped. In other words, hey, when we went from $400 billion to a trillion, it really didn't help. But we went from $1 trillion to $5 trillion, it did, right? It felt good. Yeah, we can do this. And then from about $5 trillion to $10 trillion, it didn't feel that good again. Or it felt, I mean, I'm sorry, right? It, it didn't feel that good, right? Oh, whoa, the debts are getting crazy again, right? Financial crisis, debt bubble, uh, the uh, the uh, NASDAQ bubble, right? These bubbles would burst because that's what they do. You build up a debt bubble, it burst, debt bubble, it burst, debt bubble, it burst. And then we went into another phase, you know, from 10 to 20 trillion or so it felt good again right it felt real good and the whole time the interest rates after each segment the highs we make lower lower highs and lower lows lower highs and lower lows Right? Think about the end of a bad cycle. The Dow, uh, the, the Fed's funds rate was, what, 16? 
And then it fell down into the eight sevens and eights, and everybody was happy. And then as we were going through the 80s and the 90s, when things got a little hard, we, we cut rates, you know, to 5%, maybe 4.5%. Things would get better, and we'd go back to 7 and then, of course, we had the, the NASDAQ crash in 9-11. They brought rates down to 1%. And we never got back to 7. Right? We got back to, what, 5? I think it was 5 and a quarter was the highest we could get to. To make it feel good again, it went to 0 tell you where we're going to go next. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Mrs. Schlafly was a courageous and articulate voice for traditional values and common sense for more than 70 years. And now from the archives of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, here is Phyllis Schlafly. Unfortunately, Unratified treaties never die. They don't even fade away. They just stay in the bottom drawer of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee forever. So any globalist can later pick them up and breathe new life into them. President Jimmy Carter long ago signed a United Nations treaty called the Convention on the Elimination of Discrimination Against Women. For many years, dear old Senator Jesse Helms kept that bad treaty buried. However, since that U.N. treaty is a favorite of Hillary Clinton and the feminists, it has reemerged, and we have to explain all over again why it would be a bad deal for American women. The main trouble with these United Nations treaties is that each one sets up a monitoring committee to supervise our actions, and that is a clear invasion of our sovereignty. The United States is seldom represented on these monitoring committees. Its members have no comprehension of American individual rights. Here are some of the outrageous things that the monitoring committee of this U.N. Treaty on Women has ordered other countries to do. This U.N. committee ordered Armenia to stop honoring stereotyped views of women as wives and mothers encouraged communist China to legalize prostitution, directed Germany to open more government-run daycare centers and make more children attend them, forced Romania to add sex education to its school curriculum, and ordered many countries to make abortion widely available. After a treaty is ratified by the U.S. Senate, it becomes part of the supreme law of the land. That's what our Constitution says. That's why we should always be very careful about ratifying any treaty, and the treaties that come out of the United Nations are the most dangerous. Tell your U.S. Senators to vote no on all United Nations treaties, especially on the U.N. Treaty on Women. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report with Ed Martin. The book, Phyllis Schlafly Speaks, reflects Phyllis at her best. With powerful words that deliver truth, bring clarity to controversial issues, and inspire action. For your free copy of Phyllis Schlafly Speaks, for radio listeners only, look for the link at phyllisschlafly.com or call 314-721-1213. Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. So we're talking about 
you know, where we're headed, where are we going, right? All of a sudden, uh, the Dow, uh, after a good run, you know, you look year over year, right? The Dow has gone nowhere. Same thing. Dow's at the same place today as it was a year ago. Gold, not that gold's been great, but it's up like 3 4% from a year ago. Nothing huge. But we're kind of, you know, looking at this cycle coming to an end, right? And we got to give Trump credit. We have to. Because his tax cut and his spending gave us a few more years. It did, right? And really, and let's not forget, too, I think the, the part that I like the best, which, which gets lost, was he got rid of a, a lot of regulation, which helped. I think, I wish he had only done that, right? But, but neither here nor there. There's very clear cycles. And when you look at the dollar, the debt, stocks, and, and I'm going to use the Dow on that because it's just easier, and gold, a very clear pattern emerges. When we ramp up the debt, every time we ramp it up, right, we can't get back to the old interest rates. Right? You can't get back. Remember, you know, you know hey, when you're 55, you're just supposed to buy bonds and CDs and live off the interest. Of course, today there is no interest. But as we sit here and we watch the Fed stop its sell-off, right? You know, the Fed, during the last debt cycle, where we went from, you know, roughly $10 trillion to $20 trillion, right? we doubled the debt. The central bank also bought, you know, three-point-some-odd trillion you know, because they had they had some reserves, but now they 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 got to four point two trillion on their balance sheet. They just stopped the sell off, and they're at like three point six trillion. Okay, so roughly they got about three trillion dollars more than when they started. The debt is now almost twenty three trillion dollars. The last feel good cycle. Interest rates went from zero to what two between two and a quarter and two and a half was the official term, right? Two and a quarter to two and a half was as high as we could go. All week now, you've seen the 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 Dow have a rally on what? The central bank is going to cut rates, right? One of my favorite, favorite investors that I follow sold every single stock he had. Now, I'm not, I don't have the money. I can't invest with him because you got to be practically a billionaire to get into his fund. But Stanley Drunken Miller came out and said, I sold everything. And he bought bonds. And he said, oh, and by the way, yeah, gold. Gold's real good, too. That was his exact words. 
And Gold's real good, too. Because he said bonds are going to zero. I think he's wrong. See, we already went to zero. You know, and you think about this cycle that we're in. And, of course, gold's already outperformed the Dow. I already proved that to you. But it's getting ready to really outperform. Right? And we have those cycles, right? 1981. Right? Gold, from 71 to 81, gold crushed the Dow. And then from 81 to 01, the Dow crushed gold. And then from 01 to 11, gold crushed the Dow again. Right? And then from 11 to 2019, right, the Dow crushed gold. We're getting ready to go again. And you're like, but double, how do you know? And the answer really is simple. When the Fed hits their top, and they're talking about their Fed's funds rate top. That's usually an indication when they start talking about cuts. That's when it starts the next cycle. Now they've added tools, though. Right? They call them tools. It's another indicator. They stopped selling off all of those mortgage-backed and, and treasury securities. Well, they're trying to get to all treasuries. But when the Dow rallied the last few days, what they didn't tell you is there was a big Federal Reserve conference going on this week. Do you know what happened to, 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 to be the days? Oh, yeah, Tuesday. Remember Tuesday, Dow was up over 500 points. They were having a strategy conference. I love that word. Hey, let's talk straight. Wait, you got to, right? They're trying to plan. So what are they planning for? Are they planning for, whoa, man, we got a red-hot economy here. Things are going real, real good. Are they planning for, you know what? Hey, we don't have a red, it's not too hot. But it's not too cold. Right? We got Goldilocks. Or is that what the, maybe they're planning for Goldilocks? Remember that they remember that remember Goldilocks? Or are they planning for something else? Unfortunately, it looks like they're planning for something else. In the conference in Chicago. Our central bank laid the groundwork for aggressive use of asset purchases known as quantitative easing to counter the next recession. According to a, they're saying it is an expert, so I, you know, take that for what it's worth, that actually attended the forum. So somebody who didn't want to be named said, hey, I was at the meeting, and we're not talking about raising rates. We're not talking about Goldilocks. We're talking about the central bank once again becoming the main buyer of debt. 
Of course, remember the last time they did it. Remember the last quantitative easing? Right? Gold went from 700 to 1900 the last time. 800-951-0592 is our toll-free number. I hope you're smart enough to use it. You know, you think about what happened this week. And I have no idea the Mexico thing. I, I, I know the China thing. The Mexico thing, I don't know. Uh, apparently, they've got to make a deal by today. Why, I'm not sure. Uh, but but uh, the Dow spiking up, it really, I mean, the rate cut thing was nice. And that was a good story. But it wasn't until today we found out they were having a meeting in Chicago. And I'm sure the the meeting was leaked on purpose, right, because they want the stock market to make, they don't want you to prepare. Because if you knew, I mean, if you knew this was what the Fed really thought, what would you do? Would you do nothing? Or would you start getting ready, right? Hey, I'm going to sell stocks, right? That's what I would do. So let me tell you what they said. The Fed does not believe they have the ammunition to fight the next downturn. In the past, the Fed was able to slash rates by five percentage points or more to stimulate the economy as needed. The Fed is going to use the, and I'm quoting here, pretty aggressive desperate measure to stem the next recession. This is uh, Adam Posen, Peter, the Peterson Institute for International Economics. If you thought you saw QE before, this is going to be QE squared. And, and, and quite honestly, that is a that makes sense. That makes sense. Right? Because when you look at it all, right, we've taken the debt levels, what? And we've more than doubled them. So the quantitative easing's got to be way bigger. They bought almost $4 trillion in assets during the Great Recession some 10 years ago to bring down long-term rates and stimulate the economy. And they used this last conference to prepare the public lawmakers and the markets to the likely implementation again of this quote-unquote unconventional tool. Jerome Powell, as top deputy, Richard Clarida, want to short-circuit any political opposition and bottlenecks that greeted former Fed Chairman Ben Bernanke. He was the one that created quantitative easing. The next time policy rates hit the effective lower bound, i.e. zero. 
and there will be a next time, it will not be a surprise, right? Well, we've already once. We are well aware of the challenges, and we have the painful experience of the global financial crisis to guide us, Powell said in his speech opening this conference. Our obligation to the public we serve. Very interesting that he uses those words, because I will tell you, J. Powell does not serve us is to take those measures now that will put us in position to deal with the next encounter. And I, I will say this right now for, with Jay Powell and how all of this works. So when you sit there and you think about this central bank, would we have been better off? You know, and when you think about how we operate, Right, as a country, failure happens. We learn from it, and something better comes from it. Right? I mean, that's always how it's been. The central bank has now decided failure is not an option, not when it comes to our banking buddies. And Jay Powell wanted the, his banking buddies to know, because let me tell you right now, they hold all the debt for all these companies out there. He wants his banker buddies to know, don't you worry, I'm going to bail you out. I mean, even though you gave these loans, which you shouldn't have, right? Think about it. Who in the right mind loans Sears any money? Right? How many Sears got? I don't even know how many loans in the last 15 years. Who loaned J.C. Penny any money, right? Who loans these people money? And they do it over and over and over again. So when you sit there and you say to me, how do you know we're getting ready for the next turn? I look at what the bond market says. I look at what the central bank is up to when nobody's watching, right? You didn't hear this on the idiot box. They didn't talk about it. They just said Jay Powell's getting ready to cut rates. That's all they said. They were doing a lot more than that. They want to lay the the groundwork to where they don't have to ask anybody's permission. They're just going to go and start what? Start bailing out and start buying up all the debt around. And we know the last time when they had to start doing this, what happened to the Dow. The Dow went, what, from 14000 to six. Where does it go this time? 27 to 13 I don't know. Gold went from 700 to 1900 Final segment coming up. Final segment on this Thursday. Don't forget, those of you not in Colorado, jump over to 1360khnc.com. Steve Stars has Stan Dale on today. Man, it's going to be fantastic. Uh, make sure don't miss it. Uh, Stan is, he, guy's just incredible. All the things that he's done. Uh, and he's going to, he's got a, and him and Steve got a great show lined up. So jump over to 1360khnc.com. 
and, and follow along there. Uh, Dow's up 70. Gold's up 11 now, 1339 uh, on gold. Silver uh, is up, what, 14 cents, 14.95 on silver. I still got silver half dollars at $120 a roll. And then I've got $20 liberties. One through nine at fourteen fifty. Twenty or more at fourteen forty. And I'll say this. It's gonna be very interesting tomorrow. We've got two big things to look out for. We got the government jobs number, which if ADP's to be believed is gonna be maybe on the light side, we don't know. And then tonight, either we're going to have a deal or no deal with Mexico. No deal in a bad jobs report, and I think we're probably going to see new highs in gold. I mean, well, new highs, in, you know, like this year, I think we'll take out the 1350. Uh, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be shocked to see 1360. And if we break 1361, then we're setting up. We're going to make a big charge at that $1,400 level. I have no idea uh, how it's going to go. I did hear somebody on TV today say that they don't think there's going to be with a deal with Mexico t- uh, today. They're not going to agree. But they think that the tariffs will go in place, but a deal will happen quickly. I don't know. I, I, I don't. Uh, the president, uh, China is going to get worse. So the president did say today he's going to decide after the G20 meeting on the next $300 billion. So the, G, the G20 meeting uh, is like less than two weeks away. Uh, and so I, I would imagine things are going to get worse before they get better. I think gold's positioned very well. Uh, if, especially if you think if we're going to, in the next two weeks, announce the next $300 billion in Chinese tariffs, uh, I think we could see gold finally break out across, across that 1400 level. Only time will tell. 800-951-0592. How many times have I told you, be your own central bank? I mean, seemingly almost every central bank in the world now has started buying gold. And then we found out today the Federal Reserve had a little conference. We knew that Jay Powell talked about they're ready to start cutting rates. We didn't know that they're getting ready for the next downturn and that rates are going to go to zero. Obviously, Stanley Drunkenmiller already, obviously he knew, didn't he? And quantitative easing supersized is what's coming next. Turn over to 1360 and and, uh, Steve Stars, and we'll be back tomorrow for one more show.